if you could go back to the late 80s and early 90s when emerging markets just became on the scene and, and sort of and caught investor attention and you could invest back then, would you? So this was part of China's uh, reform shift, where they shifted from away from being uh, having been a more export-led economy to being more of a consumer-led economy. Or to put yeah, more focus, I mean, raise the standard of living. There's a lot of talk about that. There's yeah. a lot of written about that approach to policy. I'm not as much of a, a believer in that policy. To me, it's more they want to produce products that are at the same level and same quality and same level of prestige as the Japan's as the Germany's, as parts of Europe and the U.S., as opposed to becoming more consumer-oriented. I think just what they want to produce, they want to be more value-added, and they want to be able to be on the same level of uh, prestige and uh, global uh, recognition as those other countries. And part of that is to produce similar products. Right. Right? And so that means then, if that's part of your policy, then you as a... uh, manufacturer, let's say, of lower-end products who may have got historically good tax breaks or cheap land, you're looking at that economic profile and saying, you know what, I can probably do this better in another country, and the government may be encouraging me to do that as well. And at the same time, you're getting encouragement from the Vietnams, from the Cambodias, from the, the Bangladeshis to move your production there. So, And then you're hedging out your as well your country risk before you would just be in, in China in one country, but now you're in multiple countries, and so you can... Uh, diversify your country risk that way as well. So of the two types of opportunities, what do you see as being the, the more, more interesting or more exciting? Well, the structural, the manufacturer of sharing gainers, I mean, you know, people ask me, um, you know, what's the opportunity of Frontier? And I tend to always find, well, look, if you could go back to the late 80s and early 90s when emerging markets just became on the scene and, and sort of and caught investor attention, and you could invest back then, would you? Right? <laughs> and the answer always, well, how do the stocks do? And I say, well, you made about 3,000%, right? And part of that 3,000% was owing those companies in countries that were those manufacturing share gainers. Right. The best way, in my view, for a merging or frontier country to develop is through hard manufactured goods price in U.S. dollars as opposed to commodities or other types of means. And that's what you see happening in the, the Vietnams, the, the Cambodias, the Bangladesh, and the Pakistans. Right? So that's your sort of core party portfolio, and that's the, the greatest upside in terms of uh, potential compounding return over time. Right? It's very exciting, actually. It, it's, it's, uh, it's like a second opportunity. At, it's, it's like if you missed it the first go-around. Yeah, like I mean, that's, that's obviously, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pitching that, yeah. yeah. Um, but... In sync with that is also the cyclical entry point. What people are also missing, in my view, or starting to come around, you see it more in, in the news today, is that mer- both emerging and frontier co- co- countries, especially if they're more commodity-oriented, are just coming out of an 8-, 10-year bear market. Right? Right. Commodities peaked around 2009, 2010, and here we are in mid-2017. Right? So these countries have had gone through seven years of really hard times, of, and they've they went through very, very difficult fiscal adjustments, and part of that was saying, okay, we've got to raise rates to protect our, our exchange rate at the expense of growth. So they actually did, a, they've done generally the right things, right? And you see part of that process, and we were talking earlier, was 
an upward shift of momentum of privatizations out of places like Vietnam and obviously a part of that is Saudi Arabia being the IPO. And that's all part of that process of doing the right thing, reforming your economy, and taking a lot of, of, um, of uh, pain in the short term for better long-term growth. And so that's made the stocks very cheap, that made, and that's also made them uh, off most investors' radars. Most investors, I find, when I talk about what's happening in technology in the U.S. and what's happening with uh, um, some parts of North Asia, that's the more where most investors are crowded, in my view. So not only are you getting great structural growth opportunities in these stocks, but a great cyclical entry point because they're coming out of a seven-year bear market. Adam, thank you very much for your time. No, thanks for having me. Very interesting conversation. Appreciate it.